Hello my friends, a quick update on Leaderbits. We've moved into the new office and we are growing. If you are like me and you're always improving, then you'll love the weekly action-based micro-challenges to grow as a technology leader. Visit leaderbits.io for a free trial and to learn more. Today we are talking to Leonid, the VP of Engineering at Cadre, and we discuss data-driven approaches to decision-making, why speed is key when having tough conversations, and how practicing great calendar habits can help you avoid losing a workday. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go! This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hello. How are you doing, my friend? Good. How are you? Fantastic. I like the background. Look at that. Get <laughs> the cream couch with the dark gray, slate gray background. It's like got the contrast going and everything, man. You feeling good today? Yeah. Where are you calling in from? Uh, New York City. Our, what? Yeah. Our headquarters. How's it going? Over, how's, how's New York? These, are you guys freezing yet? Is it still summer? What's it like up no, there? It's absolutely gorgeous. It's uh, not hot, but not cold yet. So good. enjoy the month. <laughs> yeah. It's like more, more like two weeks, but nice. Yeah. My family lives in Westchester. Mm. So they're right up there. How long have you been in New York? Uh, about a year. I actually moved here for Cadre. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Where'd you move from? Uh, San Francisco. Okay. Just jumping across the coast. Yeah. Very cool. Cadre. I love the, the website and the way you do the movie over the city. <laughs> right. So tell me a little bit about Cadre, though. Uh, Cadre is <clears throat> an online marketplace for commercial real estate investment. Got it. Targeting individual investors, a fairly closed space of private equity and uh, in investment. Previously, not that accessible to individuals. And our goal is to democratize the market. And by doing this, improve people's financial futures. So that's kind of our vision. Now, democratize. Now, I just happen to be a little bit nerdy with investment. So, like, of course. just just for accredited investors or for everybody? So, right now, we're working or working just with accredited investors because it's way easier to start like that because we're still like we're FINRA SEC compliant. We're subject to all the regulations, and jumping right into the retail investor space uh, is going to be very challenging for us from the regulatory standpoint. Yeah, it's challenging for all the companies trying to enter in this business model. It's like we want to make investments available to everybody, but there's that awkward space between like the $50,000 mark and the $250,000 mark. Where, and that's where we got a huge portion of America is like they have some slack income, but they can't really get into anything good. Yep. So that's, that's our eventual goal to create a product that would be accessible for the folks you've just described uh, and also gives the same level of investment opportunity as if you are just investing in a very expensive deal and writing, I don't know, $300,000 check. So how, how long have you been at there? Uh, I've been at Cadre for almost a year. Okay. I'm actually going to celebrate my first anniversary in October, Ooh. so a month from now. Congratulations. And you've hit every, yeah. every deadline on time. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's, it's, it, the, the art is just to move deadline. And that, 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 that's, that's how you're going to hit them always sometimes. Move, move deadline or cut scope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but never quality. 
Never quality. He never cut quality. He cut scope. That was a mistake that I watched others make quite a bit. I would say I, I didn't make that mistake a lot, maybe once, but uh, I just because my natural tendency is is to produce high quality, right? Mm -hmm. But I see a lot of people interpreting, you know, there's like the general buzz in the industry, right? About deadlines and everything and, yeah. and agile and however you've decided to manipulate that in your head, right? Mm -hmm. But I saw a huge wave of people cutting quality and saying, oh, we can't test or we can't do that because of timeframes. It's like, no, 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 you don't, you just cut the scope and you do mm -hmm. high quality stuff so that you're not running in circles. Yeah, it's a very fine balance though, uh, to cut the scope without cutting the quality because the tendency is to actually describe quality as part of the scope. And I like that. Describing quality as part of the scope, keep it right in front of you. Yeah. That's why I spend a lot of time when developing product with the customers because the customer will always remind you of how, many, how not to feature creep because mm -hmm. <laughs> they only care about the outcome. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why we got all producty there. <laughs> it's because I've been working on product and, and pit, uh, my head's been deep in Pivotal all morning. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so how many engineers do you have at Cadre? Uh, we have 27 engineers right now. Uh, still growing. Yeah. I'm curious as how you've chosen to structure the teams. Have you done this pod concept or like just talk for a moment to me about how, you've, how the natural progression of the team structure has has changed. Mm -hmm. So my goal when I joined Cadre was to ensure that as many software engineers are working on the product features as possible. And they're spending their entire time working on the product features as opposed to like wrestling and battling the development environment, figuring out how the infrastructure of their, of their uh, development environment works, and so on and so forth. So the way how our team's structured is that we have a very small amount of engineers, like as of today is basically three engineers out of 27, whose entire job is to work on the, uh, on the infrastructure and platform, including the corporate security and corporate IT. Uh, and we're actually growing this team. It's gonna be like three with like some, some change. Uh, a new, new person comes in. Uh, who is going to be solely focused on development efficiency. And then everyone else on the development side are actually building features and they're not dealing with any, any sort of like, you know, microservices architecture or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. We're trying to build as simple as possible for the problems we have right now and may have in the future, but we don't try to build technology for the sake of building technology. So that's, that's kind of the philosophy we have. I love it. Now, having gotten my start in real estate software, I'm like very interested in what you're doing on a personal level. So I'm curious, do you act, does Cadre actually source their own investments or is this more of like a platform for the other companies can license? How does that work? No, we do source our own investments. Uh, we have an investment team. They go uh, outside and, you know, look at the deals. They review them, underwrite them. Uh, then we finance the deal, put it on the platform, and then syndicate the deal using our investors' capital. Like investors meaning customers. So if I'm doing a cadre deal, I could be like just, it could be, a, it's proprietary deals. Yeah. I'm loving it, man. Yeah. So you were at Dropbox. You were at Yelp. You've had, you've yeah. had quite the career. Yeah. What, what did you learn coming from those big companies to do in cadre? Uh, never build your own data centers. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was drinking water. Never build your own. Yes, never build your own data centers. Amazon, right? <laughs> well, I mean, for a company like Dropbox, that makes sense. For Yandex, which was my uh, you know previous gig in Russia, which is a giant search engine. I know Yandex. Yeah. And uh, anywhere else, like unless you are Dropbox, Google, Facebook, or like Yandex or whatever, just don't do that. That, that was my, my learning. Don't tr touch hardware. It's cursed. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, so how long did you live in Russia for? Uh, oh, I've spent my entire life basically in Russia. I moved out of there about four years ago. Oh, previous. That's all I know how to say. <laughs> and then uh, at least not. Like supposed to be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I try. We have, yeah. we have two people from Russia on our company. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like two of, two of nine. So we've got, we're like 12, 14% Russian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what though. Like I just, I, when I have a need, right. Mm -hmm. I deploy job posting, talk to people I know. Yeah. And then whoever comes that's got the strongest work ethic that has the skills to do it. I don't care what they look like, who they are, anything. I just, if they can do the job and they've got a great work ethic, come on board. Yeah. That's how we roll. I'm very much the same. <laughs> are most of your people remote or are you guys hanging out in New York? No, we, we have our main, like the bulk of our team is in New York City. Yeah. Uh, then we have a relatively small office in Toronto. Uh, it's actually seven, eight people as of right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're opening another office in Chicago. The office in Toronto is focusing on the software development. It's mainly software engineers and product manager. And then the office in Chicago is working on sourcing of the deals. It's on the investment side. Of the thing. Yeah. So you've got some people. You get to yeah. come in in the morning, do your stand-ups, talk with them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you find yourself inspiring the other engineers? Well, that would be very uh, not... <laughs> How do you say it? Uh, very arrogant, maybe to say that, like, oh, I find myself, you know. No, 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 no. Do you inspire them? <laughs> well, I, I try my best to <laughs> inspire them, but I don't want to claim that. <laughs> no, you got to inspire them. You don't have like skills to intentionally inspire them. Like, you, you've got you do it naturally. I'm assuming you've got sure, to to get yeah. to where you are today. You have to have this natural ability to inspire others. Otherwise, you couldn't be in the position you're in. You're a leader. <laughs> That's fair. That's a yeah. fair point. Double down on uh, some Simon Sinek. You like him? <laughs> Simon Sinek? Yeah. Have you come across him before? No. Oh, man. You're missing out, dude. <laughs> What's that? All right. So he's a person. Okay. Car yeah, that, that I figured. <laughs> car Carbon-based like the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> and he's just uh, got some really great thoughts. He's got like one of the top 10 most popular TED Talks in the world. Mm. A lot of the start with why, like why you're doing things. He's got a lot on uh, leadership. And yeah. if you, he is very inspirational. So you listen to some of his ideas, find ways to integrate them in your daily life with your team. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm telling you. That's a good advice. People will be like, what is he on? How do you say your first name, by the way? Uh, Leonid. Leonid? Yeah. Okay. Leonid. All right. I didn't want to call you Lenoid. That, right? that's, that's, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I was like, when, when I felt that like instinct to call you Lenoid, I said, no. That's not right, Leonid. Yeah, you're one of very few people who does that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, I've gotten really good at telling when I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah, I feel it inside. I'm like, ooh, I'm probably wrong right now. <laughs> <laughs> but then I get like some cool names. 
mm-hmm. like we moved in right now we're in the old this is actually this is the last you're a special guest right now because okay. this is the last episode being filmed in this office we're moving this evening nice. so we got we got a bigger office about mm-hmm. 10 minutes away and mm-hmm. uh, my neighbor there at the new office is like an oral dental surgeon okay and i'm like i hope you're excited to hear us record a <laughs> podcast all day <laughs> And uh, there'll be like somebody, because I, I, I could tell that there were people like right against the wall where we're going to be recording, mm-hmm. where he's like doing surgery on them and they're all like, you know, drugged up because it's oral surgery. Yeah. And so they're going to come out of there like the next day and be like, did I hear the CTO of Microsoft giving advice on technical <laughs> leadership? I am just imagining stuff. <laughs> yeah. But his name was Prashant to bring it back to has some, yeah. his name was Prashant and I happen to know a handful of people named Prashant. And yeah. so when I met him, I was like, hey, he's like, oh, you can call me Sean. No one can say my name. I'm like, your name's Prashant. He's like, how did you know that? I was like, I'm a <laughs> wizard from the future. So, <laughs> give, me some, give me some tips. What would you give? You've made this transition. You're an individual okay. contributor. You started out, mm-hmm. became a team leader. Um, yeah. All the way to CTO, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. There's some struggle. You've got to learn some things. Give me yeah. some... Um, Give me some advice for some of the newer technologists listening that they want to make that transition. Well, the biggest struggle that I had personally was the, the desire to do everything yourself. Because every time you're transitioning from, from being an individual contributor to a manager at any scale, like you're managing one person, and chances are you understand what they should be doing, you have a desire to do it, and you know that you can do it faster and better. And yet you have to let it go and just give the person space to actually execute and grow and even sometimes make mistakes. And this understanding doesn't come as given to a lot of people. Definitely didn't come as given to me. Uh, so that, that was one of the biggest challenges that I had. And then the more, the more you grow, it's like it's a very fine balance between still caring deeply about things, but also not being stressed out all the time and like trying to micromanage and trying to direct everyone to do their job. Uh, it's, it's a very fine balance. It's sometimes really hard to find, find a perfect spot. Oh, refusing the urge to be a technician. Yeah. Right. It's really tough because not only do you have to refuse the urge, you got to sit there and watch them. It's like watching yep. a baby walk. You can't. Yep. You can't cheat. You can't do the experience for them. And then you're like watching the time and you're like, oh man. And so what will happen is the companies that get really good at this, they get really mm-hmm. big, really fast. Yeah. And the companies that get really bad at it, they get bottlenecked by their inability to delegate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's tough, but you, you, you're doing well with it though, right? Well, I hope so. Uh, we have a very small team and everyone is, you know, doing their best and works pretty hard. So hopefully it works out. I want to I wanna build a picture in my head of what your day looks like. Give me, give me like, if it was a pie chart, what are the three biggest slices? Well, biggest slices, three biggest slices would probably be spending time with my direct reports mm. uh, who are engineering managers and like the, the senior leadership uh, on the end side because we have both individual contributors and engineering managers considered the senior leadership of the engineering side. The second biggest chunk would be to spend time with my peers on the business side because as you know, a head of engineering, I have to spend a lot of time with the head of product. I have to spend a lot of time with the investment team folks because they are producing the product that we're trying to sell on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very important to be on the same page and be aligned. So that takes uh, a fair amount of time. 
and then a lot of like a lot of tactical things that happen day to day and a lot of not saying firefighting but just ability to react fast and also get a pulse like i 27 people is not the largest engineering organization i've ever managed so it's relatively easy to have context on what every person on the team is working on what their you know personal struggles what their professional struggles what their career goals and so on and so forth so checking on that kind of things would probably be the third bucket i love it you spend time with customers uh, I do not spend time with customers per se, but I get the information about customers' desires. And like we, we, we do have a team that you know gets on the phone with the customers, sends them questionnaires, uh, you know things like that, trying to measure their engagement on the website. We're gathering a lot of statistics from our website. Uh, and I obviously get this information in this you know relatively boiled, boiled down version. Hey, have you come across any of the products like Hotjar or... I think like smart look or something. I just came across them this weekend. Oh, no. What, okay. what does the product do? Dude, it's insane. So apparently this whole class of products existed. Okay. I just wasn't in the market to buy them. <laughs> I mean, I was in the market to buy this product like 12 years ago, you know? Okay. But since then, I've just been building apps and producing them. I haven't gotten into the marketing. Now that yeah. I'm get, getting into marketing and like more usability stuff. Mm -hmm. So the premise is it JavaScript embed, right? Yeah. Inclusion. It like records all the sessions and plays them back yeah. to you like a movie, like a movie yeah. Like yeah. You to watch what they do. Yeah. We're, we're using full story and yes, that was the other yeah. one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You liking it? How, how's full story? That was a more it's, expensive it, one. It, it is a more expensive one, but it actually gives us a lot of leverage to understand like it all, all the way to the point of like, Oh, this button makes no sense to be here. Or like you should change <laughs> the name of a thing because it's really like it's really hard to get yourself outside of the box and get yourself unbiased and try to be a customer. When I was at, like back at Yandex, we would literally invite uh, you know people from the street. We will pay them money and we will uh, record their eyes. We will record their struggle. You know, trying to understand what's going on on the website. But having a tool like that, when you can just like play back the entire uh, you know uh, session of the user and see where they were struggling on the platform. It's actually very cool. It's, it's, uh, it's got me excited to create some ads this week. We haven't, mm -hmm. done, any, we haven't done any advertising yet. Yeah. We've just been getting referrals from like word of mouth and stuff. So that's, and that's great, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But I wanted to know, I started to watch these videos. You know, I was actually watching them this morning. And uh, I was like, this is unbelievable. I can start, I could see it, the person reading it. I'm like, Oh man, that's where they're all dropping off. They're all dropping off yeah. at the at that one point in the story, and like heat maps can't tell you that. Yeah, you got to watch them do it, mm -hmm. and it's unbelievable. So I'm that was my weekend this weekend was installing that, and now now I'm like watching it like the equivalent yeah. of Netflix of my business. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so you've got you spend a lot of time with direct reports. You got individual contributors managing. Now, your customers, they're mostly there for the investments, and, the, and your technology is the vehicle to uh, review them, search them, look at them, and then learn more about them. Mm -hmm. Can they actually make the investable transaction through your platform? Uh, you mean the customers? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Oh. Like we, have, we have the deals on the platform, and you can invest in the deal through the platform. So, yeah. Excellent, man. So what are you most excited about right now? Like what's, what's the big thing that's happening that you're jumping out of bed in the morning for? 
Well, I, I think that right now we're working really hard on increasing the engagement with the audience and bringing, like, we're at the point in our history where we want to get as many individual investors on the platform as possible. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, keeps me very excited. Just the opportunity to get as many investors on the platform is actually very, uh, very appealing to me. Because I, I personally resonate with the with the goals of the company uh, and the mission of the company, just because I think that giving people an opportunity to invest in a very stable and very good from from the from the return standpoint investment is something that I'm passionate about. That's the big drive for you. Yeah. Nice. I'm loving it. I want to talk about some leadership stuff. You down? Sure. You interested? Yeah, of course. Losing a work day. That that sucks. We all do it. You got any advice for that? Losing a work day? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you go to end for the day. Yeah. It just ends up being like not a good day. Like you, for something, you got squirreled, right? Distracted. Uh-huh. Something happened. You lost the work day. Yeah, well, I try to ask myself fairly regularly, is that the best use of my time? Like whatever I'm doing right now. And if I stuck on something that is clearly not a good use of my time, I'm just going to abandon it. So like for me, like philosophy of failing fast is incredibly important. Uh, plus, I like throughout the years of like managing people and managing projects and, you know, teams, uh, I trained myself to do things that are on my calendar and to say no to a lot of things that are not on my calendar. So I have a very good, you know, calendar hygiene and I'm trying to keep it up to date, you know, every day before I go to work. So I know exactly what I'm going to be working on. And I know where I can, you know, slack a little bit and, you know, work on something that is interesting and not necessarily impactful uh, as opposed to, you know, doing things that are absolutely necessary. So you're pretty, pretty disciplined with the calendar. Yeah. Like I only do what my phone tells me to do. That's basically. Ooh. My, yeah. You get the Australian voice for Surrey? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> I've traveled with accents. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm I'm very disciplined in my calendar. Mm-hmm. I I'll rock between uh, I don't know six and eight meetings a day, mm-hmm. and whether that's internal or external, yeah. right? But I always like I cringe at the act like white space. Like I have two full time employees whose mm-hmm. job it is to make sure that there's no white space in my calendar. Yeah, yeah. Like I just roll from call to call to call to call. These are the worst, like the 30 minute break between like seven oh, meetings. And it's like, what no. am I supposed to do with this time? Like, yes. <laughs> you, you can't get into anything you want yep. to because the moment you get into it, your first like productive thoughts are happening at like minute 21. Yep. And you get yanked right out of it. And it's just like, ah, now I got to prepare for my next one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. I like, and then I noticed that, you know, you do this build up over time and you realize that before you had, because there was a time when you and I, when we didn't have a calendar like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what was I doing with all of that time? I was just wasting it. And like, now I just do, if I, if I can inject a positive habit into my life, like the, and then you just don't even have to think about it. Like I started these 5.30 AM runs, mm-hmm. right? Crazy. I do, I do them seven days a week. So even on, in the, on Saturdays and Sundays, I call them my Looney Tunes run because I used to watch cartoons early in the morning. Okay. Right? And yeah. so... I, I got it to the point, it's been about, you know, 60 plus days now, mm-hmm. but I don't think about it anymore. Like I get up, I have, I've, I've completely optimized the process. Yeah. So before I go to bed, my full stack of clothing 
is there, shoes, everything by the bed, headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alarm goes off. I use that app called Sleep Cycle. Okay. So like, have you ever used that? Uh, I use a similar app that it basically wakes you up before a certain time, trying yeah. to measure your, your sleep cycle. Yes. Yeah, I use, I use the, uh, like an alarm clock like that. Yeah. So I started that. I actually took the window from 30 minutes, like the default, down to 15. Uh-huh. 30 minutes is too much of a range for me. Yeah. So I got that. So that thing goes off, right? I train my mind to instantly when my eyes open, the moment that that alarm clock goes off, I say, the faster my feet hit the floor, the quicker I become a billionaire. Okay. Boom. Feet hit the floor, 30 seconds flat. Then I, I kiss my wife, you know, because we made these lists and I was like, you know, what do you want me to do? And she's like, well, I want you to love me more. And I was like, all right. So I, I put you in my, put you in my schedule, girl. <laughs> Right, very generous. Love life. Very <laughs> generous. I know she gets her own entry. Yeah. I'm what a guy. <laughs> Father of the year. All right. So <laughs> then feet hit the floor, headphones in, motivational audio of like Jaco. Have you ever come across this guy, Jaco? He's like a Navy yeah. SEAL. Oh, yeah. Or, I know. I, I read a couple of his books. Yeah. Yeah. He's got extreme ownership. Yeah. 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 He, yeah, yeah. he is a very, very high level jiu jitsu black belt. So, yes, he is. Yeah. Yes. And so I got him going in my ear saying, get out of bed, you know, like <laughs> do something with your life, discipline, discipline, right? I run in, uh, I get headphones on and I'm in the garage, go on my Jeep, pull out my notebook, mm-hmm. got my notebook, right? And in the motivational audio, it switches to like thinking about uh, from Jayco yelling at me to get out of bed, essentially, <laughs> to and discipline and like and to uh, thinking about who you need to be that day, not what you need to do, but who you need to be to have success mm-hmm. that day right? You agree with that. Yeah, except running at 5.30 in the morning, everything else seems pretty normal. (laughs) Everything else seems pretty normal. So then I'm like, who I need to be, getting my mindset right. And then I'm writing things like, uh, you know, everything that I want and imagine in my my little journal thing. Got three three or four minutes of that until the audio runs out, right? Mm -hmm. Just anything I can think of. How, what would be the perfect future for me, right? Right, that boom, do a little stretching on the road, 6 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. So out there, run it breakfast. I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> I don't know why I completely forgot, but that is what my morning looks like. And uh, then, Oh, cause my schedule. Cause then it's just yeah. like, I'm not going to bore everybody with everything, but then it's just ch- half hour after half hour chunked, boom, all the way down from producing content, editing content, deploying, writing, follow up on pipeline, pipelines review. Cause you know, I, I do the CTO thing, but I, yeah. I, I run the business too. So I have to do all that. And uh, deploying and then growing. We went from like three to nine people in the past three months. So I've been continuously doing what we were discussing earlier, mm-hmm. finding out process orientation of what I'm doing and then giving it to somebody yep. else. Yeah. Crazy. So all of that comes back to something completely unrelated mm-hmm. about having tough conversations. Okay. Right? Having tough conversations, not easy. The first time you have to do it is pretty mm-hmm. difficult. You're a leader. Yeah. You have to have all the types of when you, when you have those tough conversations, maybe you got to deliver some bad news. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you go about that? You deliver some bad news. You see, I, uh, I started my career in Russia mm-hmm. and the, the, the hard, tough conversation measure in Russia is very different from the United States. Like we're using metric systems in Russia and Americans are using the imperial system for me- measuring the, the toughness of conversation. So when I came from, from Russia to the States, having a tough conversation for me was like lifting weight on Mars. There is no gravity. Like it's, it's so much easier because the, 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 the conversation that was considered tough 
in the United States would be just a normal one-on-one back in Russia. Give me so, an example. Well, like j- just having performance, like a candid performance issues conversation yeah. in the States. And I, I've noticed that like when I just started as a manager, it was like, oh, you're too transparent. Because apparently that's, <laughs> that's a thing. Being transparent can be like, you can be too, too much of that. Right. Yeah. And in, in Russia, it was like for me back at Yandex, it was just a regular one on one and just like telling person what they are doing correctly, what they're doing incorrectly, where they need to improve, where they need to keep doing and double down, you know, on things that they're doing good. And I had to adjust a little bit. And that's why to me personally, it, uh, it is not it is not that hard to have this kind of tough conversations. And also there is a framework that I've been using. Uh, you know, ever since I started managing people that if you have a hard conversation, you probably did something wrong a long time ago because these hard conversations with like rare example, uh, rare uh, uh, exceptions are not happening out of, out of blue. If you're having a performance issues conversation, like it, it should have been, you know, discussed months ago before it gets to a point of being hard. Right. So if you are doing everything right, if you are doing your job correctly, you are not going to have a lot of these conversations. So. I think right now we're going to post produce like a crowd clapping <laughs> in there. I love that. That is so true. Right. Let's let's go on um, fully re- like 100 percent on it. But I want I want some more. OK, because you're just bringing so much knowledge. I've got it. All right. Uh, tough conversation. Let's say general best practices. Mm-hmm. I go with speed. So like, let's say somebody comes to you and say, Hey, for some reason, this person did something and you've mm-hmm. got to perform this action with them. It's a yeah. tough conversation to have. I say one of the, the core values is speed. I don't like to wait to have tough conversations. Yeah. yeah. The longer you wait, the tougher it's going to get. Like th- th- that is the mentality that I try to, you know, give to everyone who works with me is that problems don't solve themselves. And the longer you give the problem a time to resolve, like the, the harder it gets. So again, I think it's like, it's coming to waking up at 5.30 in the morning. Like if you are going to be like, okay, I'm going to wake <laughs> up at like 5.30, I woke up, but I'm going to actually get out of the bed at like 5.45. Next thing you know, it's like 8.40 and you're still in the bed and no running is being done. And Jacko is yelling at you for <laughs> four hours, right? So you, you just got to do it. Problems are not going to resolve themselves. I love it. Yeah, the, the distance between knowing what you have to do and taking action and doing it, discipline, yeah. right? You yeah. got to reduce that distance down real small. Yeah. And you don't have time to think about it. Yeah, and also it helps you not being stressed out about a lot of things because if you're managing a large organization or a, a lot of projects and you have to juggle them around and you know that there is like, this thing that can result in a hard conversation in every single area that you are doing, it's going to be pretty stressful just carrying this weight on you for weeks and knowing that you have to deal with, with certain problems. Isn't that what stress is though? Like stress is knowing that there's something we need to take action on and we don't do it because like, how can you have stress without that? That I do not know, but I know that my life is pretty not stressful because of this. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that when my life is feeling stressful, that I have to take a break and figure out what am I messing up. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm feeling stress, right? Why? What's, what am I not doing that's causing stress? Because my default state isn't stress. 
am I not handing off a responsibility that I should be delegating out? Am I keeping myself in the middle of something? You know, I love it. Decision making. You seem pretty good about making decisions. Speed. Speed's another one. You, you like to iterate fast. Do you have yeah. any decision making processes or frameworks? Like how do you approach a big decision? Let's say something's going to happen. Big decisions coming up, right? Yeah. You have to decide to go um, make something up. React native or native native, right? Okay. Some big decisions happening. What are you, how are you going to approach that? What are you going to do? Well, there are two types of decisions, right? There are unreversible decisions and then there are relatively reversible decisions. And if the decision is completely irreversible, you're saying that, oh, we're going to, you know, rewrite everything in Haskell. And then you do it and there is no way you're going back or something like that. It has to be very data-driven and it has to be measured. So I prefer to get as much information about the decision as possible before we make it. But it has to be sort of a deadline, a cutoff for making the decision. You can't go on the endless research just because we're like, it's not an R&D. We're actually <laughs> things that are supposed to be working. So that, that is basic. And you, you, make, you make a decision about the deadline based on the business needs. So like we need to deliver X features next year. And there is no way we're going to do it using, you know, seven JavaScript frameworks. So we need to unify and pick one, right? But we need to do it before you know, the end of Q3 because otherwise we're not going to be able to do the unification and next year we're going to struggle you know, meeting our deadlines. So it has to be an, a very data-driven decision on the deadline and then you do your research. We, I think at Cadre we're actually very good at this. We have a process that we call ERD, Engineering Requirements Document. And basically, the, the individual who is responsible for the decision-making puts together this document with all the pros and cons. And like the goal is to make as non-biased decision as possible. And then the team reviews the document. We discuss it. Sometimes we argue. Sometimes everyone is like magically aligned you yeah. know, right, right away. And then the question is how hard it would be to reverse the decision after it's, you know, it, it has been committed. And that, that is a, basically the, the level of rigor you need to apply for this ERD. Like if the, the decision is irreversible, it has to be a very, very rigorous process. And then if decision is relatively easy to reverse, you can give yourself a little slack and, you know, make the decision faster. Oh, nice. That's fully logical, certified logical, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've been on the teams where the, the analysis paralysis is at a norm, and that is incredibly frustrating for everyone, including the management and the peers, because for them, this team appears as like a team that actually doesn't make any decisions, even though they're all coming from the best place possible because they want to do the right thing. Um, so it's, it's a fine balance. It's, I, I don't think it's science. I think it's more like art. <laughs> I agree. I, you know, when you're trying something new, big upside, and I see companies like, all right, small price, big upside, easily reversible, and they think about it for three months. I'm like, mm -hmm. whoa, yep. there's like, there's blockers there. People are blocking because if they're doing that with this type of decision where they believe that there's a big upside and yeah. there's a low cost and it's easily reversible and they're taking a long time, then they're doing that with all those types of decisions. Yep. Yeah, maybe I want I'll, to enter their market. Arguably even more than that, yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> so like if I were to break it down, if I were to just kind of um, simplify what you described a little bit, your decision-making pro 
process is collect, mm-hmm. you listen, you execute, right? Yeah. yeah. You collect the data, you, you listen, what's going on, you do your document, you, then you, you execute, you take some action. Yeah. And also it's very, it's very important to understand that for pretty much any decision that we're making, we're creating sort of the, we're creating the scope ourselves, right? Like the, the decision to get, again, going back to like a JavaScript framework, right? The decision is to get a unifying framework that is good for everyone, but the decision is not to create or get the JavaScript framework that is absolutely the best. Like you need to, you need to understand what problem you're solving and not over-engineer with a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of engineering team tend to do that. So yeah, it's a very fine balance as well. What do you, what do you notice? What are you learning right now? Like in your technology teams? Personally? Like I knew nothing about front end when I joined Cadre. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of interesting uh, experience. I'm a very infrastructure sort of background kind of person. I was working on you know reliability engineering for the last 12 years and then joining cadre and just focusing on the entire product was was a very interesting experience to me because i've never like it's it's really hard to understand the complexity of the pro- of the problem if you are incompetent in the in the domain which i was with front end and arguably still am but right now it's way easier for me to uh, give an estimate of like how long a certain projects will take just because I'm more in the weeds and I'm under, I'm understanding the process a little better. Yeah. You're learning important parts of the business that are going to drive you forward. You're upskilling yourself. Yeah. It's standard operating procedure for any leader. (laughs) It's like, there's no such thing as the learning being done. Yeah. It's just, what are you working on right now? How about you ever spend a 20 minute conversation with like the CFO, learn a little bit about what they're doing? Yes. It was actually my first, you know, few months. It was basically a crash course in, in finance because I, I'm an incredibly financially illiterate, illiterate person and I didn't have any experience investing. I didn't know, you know, what commercial real estate investment is and why is that so amazing, right? So I needed to spend a ton of time understanding not only how we're making money as a business and what is like our, you know, unit economics and the future and all these kind of things, but also understanding various, you know, fund structures and uh, limitations for the operations because giant portion of our engineering efforts is to automate the back of the house, automate the user operations, right? And there is a lot of regulations that come into place and just understanding what the limitations are is very important for us. I built a financial software Mm -hmm. and the purpose of it, like the mission of it was for it to be able to ingest any financial product in the market mm-hmm. and then incorporate that into retirement plan, like projections, withdrawals, tax yeah. rates, all this stuff, like every different type of financial vehicle from real estate, assets, depreciation, like everything. Yeah. It took, it took two years. Um, we, we got a, we had a like day one, we built something and produced it, right? Yeah. We're, we're not crazy. Um, but until it got to the vision, it took two years and we had people on it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, uh, I have a feeling a little bit of what what you were just describing. Learning, you actually you have to learn the financial product, yeah, and then how it operates on a detailed level because your system's ultimately mirroring that somehow. You're writing the specs for it, or you know, I was it was a small team I, I did that with, so I was heavily involved with that one. But yeah, it's yeah. it's that's fun though, right? That's like why we get to do what we do as you move uh, from the search engine to 
you know, Yelp, Dropbox, all those different companies. Like you got to learn entire new processes and businesses. Yeah. All right, man. We made a podcast. Wow. You feeling pretty good? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People want to find out more about you. Were they LinkedIn, Twitter? Uh, I do not use Twitter. I have LinkedIn though. So Twitter's pretty dead, man. Yeah. I've never actually got it. I, it's hard for me to squeeze my ideas in 140 characters. Right. Awesome, man. So you're in New York. Where exactly are you in New York? Uh, Soho. So you're in Soho? Yeah. All right. I'm up there like at least three times a year. I'm mm-hmm. going to stop by and say hello next time I'm up sure. there. Sure. Yeah. That'll be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man, for yeah. coming and hanging out with me. It was fantastic. You dropped some extraordinarily amazing pieces of knowledge for everybody. And uh, I just can't say how thankful I am for you to come on and, and hang out. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. You have a fantastic day. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.